We have a Savior. Can you say amen to that? We have a Savior. Glory to God. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Glad to see everybody in the house today. It's a great day. Any, any and every day is a great day because God never made a bad day. Amen? And all the days are already made. All the days are already made. <laughs> when tomorrow comes, it, it's already there. That's why Scripture says, just live in the fullness of today and don't worry about tomorrow because it's already there and He's there. Amen? And if He's there, how could that day be a bad day? Something good to think about a lot of the time because, you know, the stress and pressure of the days, the, the potential of stress and pressure that's out there, you don't have to give into when, especially when you go to bed at night realizing, man, tomorrow comes, it'll be the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad, and it's going to be an awesome day tomorrow. Why? Because it's already there. He already made it. God never made anything bad. So when you allow words to come out of your mouth, this is just one horrible day. It's not God's day. He never made anything horrible, no matter what it looks like. And God is able to change any and everything that we need changed in us and in our world in our days so that we can experience God's goodness in the days that we live in. Amen? We want the goodness of God to be operating in our lives. Man, I'm excited. The plan that started before the foundation of the world was that you and I would be ransomed, that we would be redeemed. That plan started before Adam and Eve. Before there was any trouble, that plan was already set in motion. And today, I'm going to read to you a number of scriptures in kind of closing this message out this series on I Have a Savior. As we're closing this series out, I want you to leave here with an awareness of your ability to trust the plan of God for your life and for the church that He had established before the foundation of the world. So, let's look at Scripture is you always have to back it up with Scripture. <clears throat> this is free, but just remember this. Because you have a Savior, God's mercy and His grace are new to you every morning. And if you, don't under, if you have no understanding of the mercy and grace of God... Study it out. Study the scriptures about the mercy and the grace of God. It's not just, the grace of God is not just God's unmerited favor. It's God's divine influence and power and ability that is there for you even though you don't deserve it in the natural, you deserve it because of Him. And ultimately what we're talking about today, you deserve it because of the plan, because of the journey. Amen. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
just as He chose us, everybody say me, He chose you, He chose me, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He chose me, He chose you before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. 1 Peter 1 and 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Listen to me. Listen to me when you hear this. Man, and this is so absolutely true. It's not what you leave your, chil- your children monetarily that is the most important thing. Have an inheritance. Leave that for your children. But your greatest inheritance is that you walk in the revelation of what the blood of Jesus accomplished for mankind. That's what he just said right there. Not silver and gold that loses its value. You can leave... You, you can... You can leave your children millions, billions of dollars in the financial realm and they can squander it in months and years because of no wisdom and understanding. That's not the most valuable thing that you can leave your family, your children. The most valuable thing is a person that is purposed to live in this life in the revelation that comes from God about what the blood of Jesus has accomplished. Not just a knowledge that He did it. Not just a knowledge that He was born, that He died, that He rose again. Not just an understanding that that's what He did, but what it meant for you. It's more valuable than anything else on planet earth. More valuable that you can leave anybody else. This last week, another one of my spiritual fathers transitioned to heaven, Bruce Gunkel, pastor of City of Refuge Church in San Antonio. I met Bruce almost 33 years ago, and the relationship that he and I had, the things that he invested into me, there's, you can't put a dollar figure to what he put inside of me. His life lives on as Pastor John's life and my life lives, lives on. Pastor Ronnie passed on, you know, a number about four years ago. The investment that people leave in you in your life is what's valuable because it makes you, you cannot grow by yourself. You need investment. You have to have it. Amen? And today, I'm, I'm, I want you to see the value of what God has given and blessed us with and how that value, what he's given us, is what we're to impart into others the same way. Everything moves on. Listen, if you're going to live a long life on this planet, if you're going to live here for a long time, if you're going to live here for a hundred years, you're going to be at a boatload of funerals 
Amen? And you can shed a tear for the passing of somebody, but it's just a short time and you're going to be with them. You'll be with them forever. You understand? So, I'm, you know, when I got the text that Bruce passed on to the other side, and he'd been struggling with some things, and I knew that, but when I got the text, I mean, man, I choked up right then. I mean, because of what he meant to me. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. You understand? And it's not about him as a person, it's what he left me. You know, I'm just talking to me that many hundreds of people that he invested in, that he was in their lives the same way. Thousands probably. What matters is what we take and what we make our own. Amen? And I'm telling you, you're going to live here a long time. You've got to get over the emotional, traumatic stuff that the enemy tries to get you to be locked into because it will keep you from living a long life. You have to be able to cast the care. I mean, hey, pray for people, stand with people, be there for people, comfort people, show your, you know, give your condolences for what, what has happened in another person's life. But at the end of the day, you got to move on. You have to move on. They would want you to move on. I'm telling you, everyone that passes on to the other side, man, they're in a great place. I mean, rejoicing and not wanting you to shed a tear and ruin the rest of your life because they passed on. If that's hard, I don't mean it to be hard. I'm just being truthful with you. It's the absolute truth. God wants us to take this and realize what He has done for us and invested the last part of that, that verse in verse 20 of 1 Peter 1. God <clears throat> chose Him, the spotless Lamb, as your ransom long before the world began. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Why? Because God cannot build his church in the earth if we don't have and walk in and live in and operate in revealed knowledge. Impossible. It cannot work. It will not work. If I'm not walking and stepping into on a daily basis time of receiving from God revelation that I need. What I just told you about the church stepping into its purpose, I've got lots of scripture to back it up. People that are going to preach, they know the theme, but I'm telling you they're going to bring revelation. But God wants you to make that real to you. He wants you to believe that we heard from God, that I heard from God in what I'm telling you, and that that becomes a part of you. You take ownership of that. It's time for you to step into your purpose and plan. It's time for the church to step into its purpose and plan in the earth like never before. Like never. Like never. Like I don't care what we've seen. We have not seen anything yet because of the plan of God. Now think about this, and I've said this before, before I kind of close this up with several things I want to say. Remember this from this series. I believe the reason that He ransomed me before the foundation of the world, it's important that you get this. 
But, but, but you've got you to spend time on this because that doesn't make sense that God would set up the redemption before the redemption was even needed. Before Adam and Eve gave it up in the garden, the plan was already there. Watch this. If you get this, if you really get a hold of this, it will empower you through any mistake that you've ever made in your life. What God knew already was mankind couldn't make it here without a Savior. And even though it took 4,000 plus years for the plan to manifest itself, it was already set in motion the moment that Adam and Eve screwed up. Everybody wants to focus on them. The moment they messed up was not the moment that the plan started in action. The plan was already set up. God, you know, they didn't, you know, the Father didn't tilt off the throne in heaven when Adam and Eve messed up. He already had it set up. God's always, always ahead of the game. He's always, he always knows what's going to happen before it happens. And if you'll listen to him, you can know things that will happen before they happen. Because he's already in tomorrow and the next day and next year and 10 years from now and 100 years from now. He's already there. And he already had a plan. So every time that you and I mess up, we have issues, we have things that we're working through, every time we come to that understanding and we repent, it's not for God. It's for me to get rid of the wrong thinking and think like Him. It's for me to get rid of the wrong actions and begin to have actions that back up what He wants. And, and, and how is that so? Because of the plan. So, I want to finish <clears throat> this series and what we're talking about in discussing the plan. But remember, man could not handle this life. No way we could make it. That's why I need a Savior. And I have a Savior. And every time I see the manger scene, I've done this for years. Every time I see the manger scene, that's my Savior. Well, but, but he hadn't gone. No, 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 no. He was part of the plan. The manger scene was part of the plan. So, in a nutshell, as I back it up with Scripture, here's the plan. God came up with, well, here's the plan. There was a supernatural conception in the womb of a young girl. Supernatural conception, and we'll read about it in a moment. There was a birth that was supernatural. There's all kinds of supernatural things that happened at that birth. There was a life that was lived for 33 years on this planet. It was the most supernatural life that ever existed on planet Earth, ever. 
and ever will. There'll never be another life like it. There was a choice that was part of the plan that was in the garden, and this choice was key because God was so confident in his plan, even when he made even when he made the living word to become like you and I. Because Jesus was all God, but he was all man too. So because he was all man, he could have made mistakes or he wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice. And in the garden, we see that very clearly. Never forget this. The choice he made in the Garden of Eden the Garden of Gethsemane, Garden of Eden. in the Garden of Gethsemane, the, mo- the, the choice that he made there was, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. What I'm having to do, what I'm fixing to do, let this pass from me. But not my will, but yours be done. So what you see in that moment is the human nature of man's had a different will than the Father. But he said, not my will, yours be done. He had the opportunity to choose to bail from the situation. If he he didn't have that opportunity, then he's not the perfect sacrifice. So the ultimate act of sacrifice is coupled with the ultimate act of submitting to the will of the Father. And when he did that, when he made the choice... There became the death, the burial, which was supernatural, the resurrection that was supernatural that's never been done before ever in a human being, never has been resurrected from the dead and alive and walking the planet alive the way that he was. There's people that have been raised from the dead but not like him. It was supernatural, his resurrection. His ascension was supernatural, and him sitting down at the right hand of the Father was supernatural. That was the journey that started in the board meeting with Father, Word, and Holy Spirit before the foundation of the world. It started here, it ended here, and there's the journey. You can't separate any of those parts. So every Easter when we celebrate the resurrection, you have to think about the birth. You have to think about the plan in the beginning. You have to think about the conception, the supernatural conception. There would be no death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the sitting down at the right hand of the Father had there not been a choice by Mary to say, so be it according to your word. Supernatural. Supernatural. That's the God we serve today. This journey is what has set you and I up in the day and hour which we're living in, to step into the purpose that he had for us before the foundation of the world to live and operate in it today. I don't know why, but in the last three months, God's been speaking that to me over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's the day and hour for the church to step into that purpose. I've I've never had an assurance in a word 
like I have the assurance about this word for today and in the future. I've never had an assurance from something from God the way I do today. I've had many great words and, and, and confidence about it, but not the assurance that I have today. It's the greatest day that the church of Jesus Christ has ever known if we'll embrace it. Can you say amen to that? Ephesians 2 and verse 9 and 10 in the New Living Translation. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Next time somebody asks you, who are you? I'm God's masterpiece. The next time somebody says, well, who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, it's good that you ask. I'm God's masterpiece. <laughs> Josh just said, that's me. But you say, me too. Everybody say, me too, right? It's me. You've got to believe it's you. You've got to believe no matter what, no matter where you've been, what you've done, the things that have happened in your life, I don't care what it's been. You're God's masterpiece. I had a person one time say, I was ministering a series on the grace of God, and I had somebody say to me, you know, I don't know about that grace message. Well, then you don't know about the Word of God. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it gives people a license to just do whatever they want to do. And what I told that person is, they already have a license to do whatever they want to do. They can do whatever they want. What I'm trying to give them is an understanding of how they're not guilty for their mistakes, even though I didn't say they're not, they're not recipients of the consequences, because they will be. All of us will be. But I'm not guilty, see? He said, boom, the gavel went down. We're not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. You say amen. I'm going to say it again. We are not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. And the grace of God is not just God's unmerited favor. It is that, and it's all that, but it's more than that. It's His divine influence and ability and empowerment to help us overcome the obstacles that we have. And you have to understand, first and foremost, you're not guilty before you have the power to overcome the mistakes and the things that you have. Because you just keep going around and around and around the same mistakes over and over again until you embrace what He's done for you. Say it again, I'm God's masterpiece. <laughs> you know what? I really believe that today. I really do. I really believe I'm, 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 his, I'm, I'm a masterpiece of His. I, I kind of actually believe that I'm the masterpiece. And that's what you need to believe. He'd have done everything if it was just me, if it was just you. That's how much He loved us. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, watch this, 
so we can do the things he planned for us. When? <laughs> that was a long time ago, before the foundation of the world. We know the, we know the beginnings of Adam and Eve and the creation God said and light was and the, and the, and the, 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 the creation of everything. We know that to be somewhere between, you know, pushing about 7,000 years ago, somewhere in that time frame. People kind of differ on it, whatever, say 8,000. I don't care. You can say whatever you want to. It's just, it's not that long ago, seven, 8,000 years. It doesn't mean there was nothing here before that. We're talking about the God of everything. I mean, there's other universes. There's other, you know, planets in, in other universes. There's all kinds, I'm sure there's all kinds of things out there that you and I know nothing about. We don't need to know anything necessarily about it. We need to know about where we're at today and how to live by faith and trust and confidence in Him. Can you say amen? And we don't know how long it was from the board meeting to the creation. It could have been, who knows? But God's plan came to pass, and he, he created you and I so that we can do good things and accomplish those good things in life. And that was his plan. And everything I've talked to you about today is part of that journey and that plan. And we have to embrace every piece of it. Thank God for the birth. Thank God for the, the conception because of the choice that Mary made. And I just want to read a couple of those stories as I end this today. In Luke 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. She says, how will this be, <clears throat> as she said this to the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And here's the miraculous statement. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Some people, you know, I'm not going to argue with people one way or the other. But potentially, 
the conception began right then. Maybe it was a few days, maybe it was a week, I don't know, whatever. We don't have anything clear. But when she accepted it, it was a done thing. Let the word of God be fulfilled to me as it was spoken. The miraculous conception, which was the beginning of the plan that was started however many thousands of years earlier, before the foundation of the world. Here was the plan. And I believe that that plan comes together in this one verse of Scripture. And it's all, it's, it's the most popular Scripture that's ever been declared and spoken in the time frame that we know of. Everybody knows this. At every sporting event, you see somebody with this Scripture, Right? Football, basketball, golf, baseball. Somewhere in the background, they're, they're, they're in line. They know where the cameras are, and they're in line. And in, in the line of those sporting events, you see this verse of Scripture. What is it? John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His best. Listen to me. God the Father didn't give Him when the choice was made for him to go to the cross, the Father gave him before the foundation of the world. When you see the manger scene and you're reminded of the miraculous conception and birth that happened as a result of Mary's choice to receive what the angel said, when you think of that, that is God so loving the world and giving the best. He gave the best, and He redeemed you and I. He ransomed, He ransomed us. We have been ransomed and redeemed because of the heart and the love that God has for us. Listen, if God loves you, and you have to get to this place in life, if God loves you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter what social media says. It doesn't matter about the opinions of other people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If God loves you, that's enough. And you have to get to that place where you're able to embrace that and receive it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> and then I want to end with this passage a little bit farther in Luke 1. <clears throat> Mary <clears throat> had gone to visit her aunt. And, and, and when she showed up, she, had, she was already pregnant with child. And when she showed up <clears throat> and she saw Elizabeth, the Scripture says that the child in Elizabeth leaped in her womb at the, at the, at the side of the Savior coming in the presence. And um, after Mary had been with, with Elizabeth, we see in Scripture here, starting in, in verse... <clears throat> 46, it's, it's, it's a song that Mary had, but I like to say it's a declaration. And, and I want you to see in the song that we've been singing, I have a Savior, each of the services during this series. The chorus says, you're my future, you're my hope, you're the anchor of my soul, and I was made 
for you. All of those things I find in this song of Mary, this praise and declaration of Mary. You're my future. You're my hope. You're the anchor of my soul. I was made for you. I see all that through Scripture, all of those statements in this song I see throughout the Scripture. My series was birthed out of me hearing back in the spring this song being sung by C.C. Winan. I heard this song, and the moment I heard it, when it said in the song, I was made for him, I thought, no, that's, that's a little off. But as I began to study Scripture, not only was it confirmed, it was overwhelmingly confirmed. He ransomed me. He was made for me to ransom me, and I need His redemption. I have to have it. We were created to. That's why the plan was set up before the foundation of the world, because God knew man could not handle the enemy and the temptations of the flesh without His presence, without His help, without the Savior that He created for us and set up for us. We couldn't handle it. You can't handle it today. You can't handle this life today without a Savior. He's here for you. He knew we couldn't handle it. Why else would He have it set up already before? You you would think in our natural mind, well, you know what? Adam and Eve gave up what I gave them. Now I've got to work out another plan. No. He was 10 steps ahead. Well, probably more like 1,000 steps ahead. Had it already figured out. Can you say amen? And this is her song. This is her declaration. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is when she's just a couple of three months pregnant. I mean, it's becoming real to her. Revelation is flooding her about what this really is. I mean, could she be talked out of it along the way? Three months in, you know, well, maybe, maybe this really wasn't all that. Maybe something else happened or maybe, you know, something happened to me in the nighttime or something and somebody abused me or hurt me. I mean, you, you, your mind could think all kinds of things. She grew strong in faith, believing that what God had promised was coming to pass. And we see this about three months in after she, when she's with her, her aunt, Elizabeth. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. <laughs> she sees the child that she's birthing as her Savior. How do you see him? He saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He's liberated me. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I am free. Old things are passed away. Everything is brand new. And I am stepping into my purpose like never before. Like I've never known before. I'm stepping into the purpose. How about you? I'm ministering this today to you to stir you up in remembrance of how wonderful He is and how wonderful He sees you. Remember, 
You're his masterpiece. Don't forget it. Go back and listen to this message over and over and over and remind yourself, no way, I'm his masterpiece. I'm his masterpiece. He called me his masterpiece. Right? Right here, Mary sees, is declaring that the child in her is her Savior. Come on. For he has been mindful of the humble state of this servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Somebody says, well, that's kind of prideful that all the generations will call me blessed. No, she just repeated what the angel said. She's just believing what the angel said. Huh? She's not concerned about what other people... She's rejoicing and thanking God that the angel said that generations will call me blessed. I'll just tell you this right now. If you have a problem with Mary, you've got a problem. You need to call Mary blessed. She's not our Savior. But thank God for the choice that she made. Can you say amen to that? Woo! His mercy extends to those who fear Him from... Where's my future? From generation to generation. His mercy and grace are new to me every morning. I have nothing to fear. I have no reason for a bad day. None. Ever. Never. Ever. So, Pastor, you mean you don't ever potentially have bad days? I didn't say that. I said there's no reason for a bad day. Hmm? I can tell you reasons that I potentially struggled through different days my whole born-again life. But I don't have to. I don't have to give in to any of it. didn't mean it didn't, didn't still come and pressure and things don't... The, 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 I'm not talking about living a life because I'm making declarations every day, then there's no more pressure in life. No, 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 it increases. <laughs> Well, that's not good news. <clears throat> uh -huh. No, it increases. But the faith to overcome increases. That's why. The enemy doesn't matter. He didn't care whether you go to heaven or hell. He didn't, he didn't care. He just wants you to live on this planet defeated. That's his whole mission. You know what I say? Not, not living there, not living in that place. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? I live, he's on top, me too. Wherever he's at, that's where I, he's on top and not underneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out. Everything I set my hand to, everything that I do because I've heard from him will prosper in advance. I will not take a back seat to anything or anybody. Why? Because I've tapped in to this whole package deal of the journey that started before the foundation of the world. Wow. Let's finish, Mary. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, 
but has sent the rich away empty. Listen to me. What did Jesus say about the rich? Those who put their trust in riches. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy and rich as what Fabian was talking about during the offering and tithe. No, he wants you that way. But he doesn't want you to trust in your riches. That's what he's talking. That, that's what Mary's glorifying him about. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Everything that we read about that he promised Noah, he promised Adam and Eve, he promised Abraham, he promised David, he promised everybody Old Testament, everything that he promised, it's all coming to pass in this life. We have a right to receive those promises. He told Abraham that you will be blessed to be a blessing. That's who we are. Blessed to be a blessing.